Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. The world's eyes are focused on the American elections right now, but there is action happening elsewhere in the globe in the continuing struggle against Mr. Globaloney and his goal of one giant world government all run by happy corporations. All right. And the news is coming out of the United Kingdom, and it's in reference to the recent Brexit referendum that was held last June, where you will recall the uh, referendum, the voters in the United Kingdom voted by a 52 to 48% margin, approximately, to leave the European Union. Now, I've linked a couple of articles here. One is from the BBC reporting of this ruling, and the other is from Zero Hedge. The reason I've linked the Zero Hedge article is I want you to read the comments of a Mr. Connor McKinley in the Zero Hedge article, because those comments are very important, and they form somewhat of the backdrop for my own speculations as to what might be going on. Now, the BBC article is interesting because, of course, the BBC represented the globalist section, the the part of the British state that wanted to remain in the EU. And I'm reading from their article reporting on a recent ruling in a UK court. Uh, and I'm going to be reading several paragraphs here. The article is titled Brexit Court Defeat for United Kingdom Government. Parliament must vote on whether or not the United Kingdom can start the process of leaving the European Union, the High Court has ruled. This means the government cannot trigger Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty, beginning formal exit negotiations with the European Union on its own. Theresa May, the current Prime Minister, says the referendum and existing ministerial powers mean that members of parliament do not need to vote, but campaigners called this unconstitutional. The government is appealing with a further hearing expected next month. The prime minister's spokeswoman said that she would be calling the president of the European Union Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, to say she intended to stick to her March 7, 2017 deadline for triggering Article 50. Amid suggestions that she might try to call an early general election. She added that Mrs. May believed there shouldn't be an election until 2020, and that remains her view. But the government was going to contest the view in an appeal and said the referendum was held only following, and please note the quotation here, quote, a six-to-one vote in the Commons to give the decision to the British people. Unquote. UKIP leader Nigel Farage said he feared a betrayal of the 51.9% of voters who backed leaving the European Union in June's referendum and voiced concern at the prospect of a half-Brexit. BBC assistant political editor Norman Smith said the court ruling could mean potentially months and months of parliamentary hurdles, but said a majority of the members of parliament would be likely to vote for Article 50, despite having backed the Remain campaign, as Brexit had been supported in the referendum. Now, I'm skipping several paragraphs here in this BBC article to about the middle portion of the article, 
because I want to read the BBC's reportage of the court's ruling itself. Government lawyers had argued that prerogative powers were a legitimate way to give effect to the will of the people. But the Lord Chief Justice, Lord Thomas, and it gives a Welsh name, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce it, Lord Thomas declared, quote, the government does not have power under the Crown's prerogative to give notice pursuant to Article 50 for the United Kingdom to withdraw from the European Union, unquote. Now, that to me right there suggests that, in effect, they're saying that the government has no power <laughs> to either negotiate entering the European Union or to leave it without a vote of Parliament to secure it, which I think kind of defeats the whole purpose of having prime ministers and cabinets. But that's just my kind of amateurish American look, not knowing anything beyond a very cursory knowledge of English constitutional law. But continuing here, the three judges looking at this case found there was no constitutional convention of the royal prerogative, that is to say powers used by ministers, being used in legislation relating to the European Union. They added that triggering Article 50 would fundamentally change the United Kingdom people's rights and that the government cannot change or do away with rights under the United Kingdom law unless Parliament gives it the authority to do so. But let me please note that if that were the case, then the whole problem of the EU, which is what the referendum was about to begin with, was precisely that Parliament had, in, in effect, by joining the EU, abrogated the rights of the people of the United Kingdom. All right. So, in other words, to me, it sounds like the the British High Court here, and in particular the uh, Lord Thomas, the Lord Chief Justice of the High Court, is kind of arguing in a circle. So, I want you to pay attention to the legalese here, because it's going to be kind of important when I get to the end of this. Calling the case a pure question of law, Lord Thomas says, quote, the court is not concerned with and does not express any view about the merits of leaving the European Union. That is a political issue. Now, skipping a little bit further into the, the BBC article, there's a little section here that says what the ruling says. And there's four bullet points under this section header, and I want to read these to you. The first point, it is a fundamental principle of the United Kingdom Constitution that king's or queen's powers cannot be used by the government via the royal prerogative to change or do away with rights under British law unless, <coughs> pardon me, unless Parliament gives it the authority to do so. The court looked at examples ranging from the 1600s to the 1970s Laker Airways legal battle. Second point, Parliament had a vote on the United Kingdom joining the European Union back in the 1970s, so there is no convention of the royal prerogative being used in legislation relating to the European Union. Thirdly, Allowing the members of Parliament a vote on the final Brexit deal at the end of the negotiations would not amount to parliamentary approval because once Article 50 is triggered, there is no way the United Kingdom will not leave the European Union. And in doing so, existing laws will be changed. Note that point. Number four. 
David Davis points out that members of parliament voted by six to one for the referendum to be held. But the judgment says that the referendum bill and background briefings made clear that the referendum was advisory rather than mandatory. So even though members of parliament voted for the referendum, the way it was worded did not hand over the authority to trigger Article 50 in its view. Now, <clears throat> quite frankly, I think here the legal argument is correct. <coughs> but let's continue here. <coughs> Pardon me. UKIP's Mr. Farage said we are heading for a half Brexit. He added, I worry that a betrayal may be near at hand. I now fear that every attempt will be made to block or delay the triggering of Article 50. If this is so, they have no idea of the level of public anger they will provoke, unquote. Labor leader Mr. Corbyn said, quote, this ruling underlines the need for the government to bring its negotiating terms to Parliament without delay. In other words, what is the May government going to be presenting as its position, its terms, its conditions for leaving the European Union to the European commissioners? What will be its negotiating position? Now, this is a problem because, of course, most governments don't want to let their opponents know what their negotiating position is going to be prior to going into the negotiations. But now the court is I think correctly legally in that fourth point saying that Parliament has to pass a, a bill leaving the EU, all right? So in other words, now two things are being conflated here, and I hope you see what's going on. The Labor Party largely backing the Remain vote, but this is kind of, again, something that's cr across both political parties, both the Remain and the Leave are represented in both parties. But the problem here is the court wants Parliament to pass a bill saying that the United Kingdom is going to invoke Article 50. Labor wants it to be a part of their acceptance of passing this bill that the government's negotiating position is going to be revealed. And therein lies the rub, all right? So to me, it looks like politics as usual to delay or to block and hopefully eventually hope that the anti-EU movement runs out of steam and the UK remains in the EU by default. In other words, Mr. Global is up to his old tricks. Now, let me continue here. Addressing his suggestions that Mrs. May could call a general election before 2020, when the next election is scheduled to take place under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act. <coughs> Pardon me. Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, said, if you're asking me to do, I think, to, if you're asking me to do, I think today's judgment makes a general election more likely than it was yesterday. I think the answer is probably yes. Now, that is a definite possibility. If May is forced by these parliamentary shenanigans to disclose a negotiating position that she may not be prepared to disclose, 
she may have to gamble on a general election to increase the Conservative Party's majority in Parliament to such a point that even defections from the Conservative Party to the opposition bench will not delay her ability to invoke Article 50 in Parliament, okay? But that's very iffy. That's very, very risky because given the margins of the Brexit vote. She may not come into Parliament with enough of a majority to make her, her voting block there entirely secure. So now I want to direct your attention to something in the Zero Hedge version of the article, the comments by a Mr. Connor McKinney. And two things here are very interesting, and I want you to note what he says. Apparently, the high court said that there was no need to argue or summarize the arguments in the actual hearing since the arguments were posted on the Internet. Now, to me, folks, that's the fix is in right there because it's like saying that there's no need for the respondents in a case in front of the United States Supreme Court appearing before the justices to argue their case and have questions from the justices put to them about particular points of their argument. It would be as if the Supreme Court says, well, we don't need to listen to you. You've laid out your affidavits and briefs, and they're all on the Internet. <laughs> okay. So in other words, right there, that's telling me, folks, that the high court here, Lord Thomas, is really, he's claiming that he's standing up for process here, but in reality, he is, you know, this court is violating process as far as I'm concerned because it's sounding to me like the uh, lawyers, the attorneys for both sides came before the court and simply gave a summary and perhaps maybe asked a few, answered a few cursory questions. But it wasn't necessary for the court to hear the arguments in detail and to be able to question in detail. That's the way it's sounding. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but this is, in fact, what Connor McKinney in his comments is pointing out the high court itself said in its ruling. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, there's another comment that he makes here. Pardon me, my sinuses are really overactive today. There's another comment that Mr. Kinney makes in the Zero Hedge article. He points out a bit of legalese that the court used in handing down its ruling, and he said that what, in effect, this is saying is that Parliament can't be taken to have intended to give the government the authority to leave the EU when it, when it uh, authorized the referendum vote. So, in other words, it's, it's a case of having your cake and eating it, too. So the May government is now tied up in, in a bunch of legality. I think, ultimately, this is simply a delaying tactic, and here's why. I think the, the real player here, hidden in the scenes, is they're waiting on the outcome of the American elections. But the problem with the American elections, folks, is regardless of who wins, Whatever government comes into power in the United States is going to be a weak government because the opposition to that government is going to persist and be strong. This is going to be particularly true 
if Hillary Clinton gets into office because she it's now looking like she's going to be if even if she wins under serious uh, investigation and perhaps even a bit of internal bureaucratic revolt and inertia that's that's my honest assessment of the situation so in other words if the UK is attempting to delay things to see which way the wind is going to blow, I think this is only going to hurt the UK. Now, the other possibility here, and again, please excuse me for my bad sinuses today. The other possibility here is that this could be a kind of deliberately concocted, <coughs> pardon me, constitutional crisis in the United Kingdom. I don't think so, but that is another possibility. If that is so, then the way that Mrs. May is going to have to resolve it is to hold early general elections, which she can do. If that's the case, then the whole Brexit issue is going to be front and center again and will be refought, only in this case it will be refought in the form of parliamentary constituency elections. So that's it for my news and views from today from the Nefarium. I'll see everybody on the flip side. Bye-bye and God bless.